Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. Hello, Eric. Well, we're doing something a little different today. Um you know, our last podcast, I mentioned in the intro that I just felt compelled to say something about what was going on in Israel. And I did it out of just kind of a personal compulsion. You know, it is ever present in my life because I'm Jewish and I have a cousin who lives in Israel. My aunt and uncle have split their time for many years now between Israel and, uh, and the United States. And I just felt like I should say something, but I did feel weird about it because it wasn't directly connected to what we do here. Um, and I appreciate you giving me the time to say something. And there've been tons of people out there who have sent messages to us, um, supportive messages, thankful messages, and they're, they're overwhelming and humbling and, and, you know, we can't do anything here. Like we just can't, I mean, we can give money, we can support, but we can't, it's a helpless feeling. And so I didn't like that feeling. And then I was having a conversation on text with our guest today and realized there is a direct connection um, and felt like we both did that it it made sense to talk to this guest and get their story. And you brought up some things when we were talking about why to do it that I thought that I did not think of, but that I thought were really um, prescient and appropriate. Do you want to, you want to talk about some of that? Well, as we got to interview all these wonderful players of the past, we learned collectively that they were dealing with so much more off the court than we ever could have known. You know, and it doesn't matter what decade, what coach, how good the team was or was not, 
we found more often than not, these players were dealing with things off the court, personal things, family things, that the average fan, certainly the average fan on Twitter, just doesn't take into consideration. Um, and we felt like, wow, this is this is a paradigm shift that we need to keep and embrace. Now, as we get into talking with more present players, you know, sometimes it's still like maybe it's too soon or it's something they don't want to share. So um, I, I think that that kind of comes and goes when it's appropriate or when a player or a coach wants to share what's going on off the court. Um, but in a case like this, I think uh, much as we found back in 2020, this is stuff that's affecting our players, in this case, one of our players, so dramatically and deeply um, that that we wanted them to be able to share what what is going on in their life right now that is so much more important than a game. Yeah, I was in my head thinking about those things that we have learned, whether it was the Sharon Wilkerson interview um, or it was Kirk Haston and what he went through with his family or when we talked to Bruiser Flint and he told us some of the just kind of horrifying just racial things getting stopped by police you know things like that and we've talked to people with severe injuries that never got reported and we talked to people that were going through drug abuse and substance abuse that was much more insidious than we knew and in many cases and i'll put my hand up and and say i was one of them some of these things you would hear about and they became like punchlines. You know, sure. they became like, um, well, no wonder this person didn't play well, or maybe they should focus more on X instead of Y. And then when you talk to them, you realize how much of an asshole you were for 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 thinking those things or for trivializing what we go what what every human goes through. And we all know that we've all gone through something that affects our work, affects our relationships, affects our everyday just living, and. So when you said that, it did make me think like, yeah, then then this is right. And then we you you brought this up too, uh, always more so the voice of reason than I am. Look, we know that right now for Indiana basketball, the biggest news in the world for that world is this recruitment um, story and these recruitment stories that are going on. And the big one is is going to play out Sunday when Liam McNeely makes his announcement. And there has been just constant discussion, debate, overthinking, consternation, um, nervousness, anxiety. What would you say? Reading the tea leaves. Yeah. And it becomes your everything. I'm so focused. I got to hit refresh so many times. And then you, you kind of brought that into... Uh, also why it's important to do I don't want to say important that sounds too self-congratulatory and I don't want to be that it's perspective yeah perspective so so yeah please share that well I I mean it is look I love that we can all go to the pigs boards we can hop on here we can be on text threads and and totally live and die by what some teenager may or may not do like I think it is a, a healthy respite from all the responsibilities and burdens and troubles of the world to go into this place where, look, 
you know, there are real emotional stakes for all of us because of uh, of a lifetime of friends and family bonding over these teams. Um, but but you know, it it's really going to temper you know anything you might want to consider bad news on Sunday or any kind of fallout from Sunday after having a conversation like the one we're about to have. That's a good point. And, you know, I know, I know you probably did not mean this, but when you said um, that we live and die by these things, which is true, I mean, it changes my mood. And then you realize there are people really living or dying by what's going on in the world and that it's just right there. And it did have a direct connection to the Indiana university Hoosiers and someone who's part of our family uh, and has been part of our family for more than a year now. And she was more than willing to come on and just share her story uh, and, and, and talk a little bit about her perspective on, on this, which I think is more directly connected to, to what's happening in the greater world than you or I or many of the people who are bloviating on television uh, are doing because all that does is make you feel good for like a moment. But what is that? I mean, it's just like, I I'm trying to watch as much news as I can, but there comes a point when you're watching it where you realize, well, they're just doing this for, for ratings. Like they are just doing this for money. And absolutely. And I'm not saying they're not upset about it, but like there does seem to be a contest going on on who can be more outraged than the next. And that game is unplayable because it defies what anybody here could think about it. I mean, there are real people and real families that are going through this. And we thought, let's talk to somebody who's more directly connected to that than any of us could ever be and just ask some questions and and get get her perspective. So anything more you want to add before we get to it? I, I don't think it's a conversation we would ever want to have. I don't think it's a conversation anybody wants to necessarily listen to. And and I n- nobody nobody wants to have this conversation less than our guest but that doesn't mean it's not really important to have the conversation and to listen and to understand and i think for what we're doing here to support this individual who is a part of our family and make her feel heard one thing i want to just say uh, administratively as you're listening to this or or hopefully watching it at some point is that the way we're going to do this is our guest today, because of how sensitive and emotional this content is, and because English is not her first language, she was a little concerned that she doesn't have the um, ultimate command of the English language to allow her emotion to totally be communicated in the right way. So we're going to try to let her speak in her native language and we're going to have a translator translate that into English and really the thought there was allow our guest to communicate in the best possible way and most natural way that they are able to 
So that's what you're hearing. We'll introduce you to both the translator and our guest right after this. All right. Welcome, everybody. We are doing, uh, as we said in the intro, a very different podcast today. And we are very um, honored to have our two guests. We have a translator here. Ronnie, you want to say hi to everybody? Hi, everyone. <laughs> so full disclosure, Ronnie is the music instructor at my synagogue, which is how I met her um, through my ex-wife, Mandy, who people listen to the podcast know very well. And we are bringing on someone directly connected to the events that are happening, as is Ronnie. And we can talk about that a little bit later. But I want to bring on someone who is from, I'm going to make sure I pronounce it right, Ra'anana? Yes, Ra'anana. Ranana Israel. Yes. Uh, we know her because she was the all Big Ten second team selection last year. She was all Big Ten first team freshman team. She was Big Ten freshman of the week three times. She was the Tamika Catchings national freshman of the week once. She averaged 11 points, 5.3 rebounds, three assists, and shot 46% from three. She helped lead Indiana to a Big Ten championship. It's first in forever. It's first outright title ever and a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. We couldn't be more proud that she came from Israel to be part of Indiana. And we couldn't be more honored and honestly privileged that she decided to come on and talk to us. We are, of course, welcoming Yarden Garzon. Hello. Happy to be here. So, Yarden, can you tell us about growing up in Israel? What was it like growing up in your city. Um, since I thought they regular regular. She has quite a normal childhood. Um Two parents, two older siblings, one brother, one sister, a twin sister um, um, that she loves very much, her whole uh, family, and she started playing basketball at a very young age. Garden, could you tell us how you, you came to find the game of basketball and start to realize that you were pretty good at it? Um, כשהיה צעיר יותר, אמא שלי שיחקה כדורף וגם הייתה בנבחרות ישראל. המשפחה שלי מאוד ספורטיבית, אח שלי שיחק כדורסל אחותי, וכשהיינו קטנים שיחקנו את כל הענפי ספורט, עד שבאמת התחלתי לשחק כדורסל והתאהבתי בזה, ובסביבות... Siyadan is coming from a very sportive family. Both her parents um, were playing at the national teams, right? Zaya, yeah. a national team. Mom for volleyball, yeah. my dad for basketball. Both of her older siblings as well have been playing basketball. So have you ever beaten your brother? Your brother's older, right? You ever beaten your brother one-on-one? -on -one? Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> <definitely>. <laughs> you would deny, what? but yeah. What about your sister, though? Your sister can play, too. Who's the better baller between you and your sister? Um, I will answer in English. Okay. So, it's kind of a sensitive issue. Because <laughs> she's the older one. But I I have to be, like, natural. 
I I believe in myself. I believe in myself. Okay. It's oh, we fun. like that. We like that confidence. Well, and how about I think you you found yourself now in in a place that's pretty obsessed with basketball. How how popular? Uh, how into basketball are Israelis as a whole? Has it really taken hold there? And is there that great passionate fan base there? like you find in Bloomington? Basketball is very popular in Israel, especially the men's basketball. Um, but women's, it's not that popular. Women's basketball is not that popular. Um, it's so different here when I'm coming and playing like in front of 17,000 sold out gym. And it's crazy in Israel. I played like mostly in front of like families member, yeah um friends close friends it wasn't nothing like that so it's very different one of the things we were talking to ronnie about before you came on was i was explaining to her how bloomington indiana the heart of the country has embraced you and i think a lot of your the fact that you're from israel you see israeli flags in in the crowd people bring israeli flags wearing is israel shirts what has that meant to you to see that in Bloomington, Indiana? I never, before I came here, I never expected for anything like that. I knew there are like a lot of Jewish people here, around like 4,000, but I didn't expect to meet like Israeli friends. Everyone really supportive Israel, most of the people at least. And, being here in the US, like far from my family, far from my home, it's it's hard sometimes because I'm far from them. And like seeing the crowd, people with Israel on their chest or Israeli flags, it gives me so much, so much purpose to play the game. Mm. I love that. And I wonder there in the community, you know, whether, whether other students from Israel or Jewish students from the United States, um, outside of basketball, is there a community there you've been able to connect with and, and find, find that feeling of belonging? Obviously you have it with the team as well, which is very special, but I know it's different. Yeah. So we have in Indiana university, we have Ilel house and Chabad house. And they're both doing an amazing job in like gather everyone together. Especially I'm going especially for Shabbat dinners in both. So I know they're doing a lot of other events to make sure everyone is together and gather everyone around the same table and make sure everyone knows each other. Um but I love going there for Shabbat dinners, especially because I'm so busy with basketball sometimes. Just going there for like in Friday night, Friday for Friday dinner, and see everyone and everyone really interested in basketball and what am I doing? So just see everyone and feel like home, and everyone really understand each other in a different way. So it's very special for me. I want to go back to your. Uh childhood and growing up i think that you know there is a misperception among many americans about what it's like growing up in israel because the truth is when you grow up in america 
you hear about Israel when you hear about awful things. That is usually what makes the news. And it unfortunately, it has been a fact of life for Israel, especially, you know, in your lifetime. Um, the Palestinian-Israeli conflict has been a present thing your entire life. Um, do you remember a moment growing up, or or maybe a couple moments, where that became a real thing to you? Do, w- w- did it ever... When, when did you have to confront that this was just part of your regular life? Um, I think the first time I really witnessed... That was Tsukaitan. Um It was... Uh, so they didn't call it a war. It was like an operation um, organized by the army. Yeah. Um, so I, I witnessed it. It was in 2014. So I was kind of young, but old enough to understand what's going on around me. And I realized that it's so it's so hard to live in this kind of reality that you feel safe because we have really strong army, but and they protect us. But on the other hand, you are you can't say you are totally safe because you have to go to the shelter and you have to stay there and you hear the bombs above above your head. And it just, this is the moment I really, really understood. It's, it's, we are living in a different country than every country in the world and we have to protect on ourselves. Do you does your house in Israel have a shelter? Do you have a like a, a safe room or a shelter in the house? Yes, most of the houses in Israel have one. Um especially the more new the new ones. Um I think it's this is something I never thought about, but when I came to America, I don't remember who I talked to, but about the shelters in, in homes and houses. And I asked, like, you don't have one? And I was surprised about it, because in Israel, I used to have one in every house, and everyone knows because the door is different, and you know where this room at. So in the United States, you don't have to worry about it. And in Israel, one of the first things you see when you come into home or house you don't know, you see this shelter, so you know it's there. That's just something that you instinctively know when you go to someone else's house. Like, I just got to know where that is just in case. Like, that just, you don't even think about it. It's just is part yeah, of just, life. Just know it's there. It's part of life. You don't, you don't even realize you notice that. But when I came here, I started to, to, to think about it. And I was like, wait, something is different. It's, it's, it's a different world. It's a different state. So maybe they don't, they can't, or they don't really understand like what's going on, what's going on in Israel. And and just to give some context of how often would you hear sirens? Would you have to go to these rooms as you were growing up? So I remember only Tsukitan 
is the biggest operation when I was younger. And when I was young, um, it was 2014, so I was like 11 at this time. Since then, I think every, I'm not sure because I never looked at like, but I think every other year we have like a big operation in Israel and it's kind of, it's going between like a week to to a month or even like longer that we need to like stay closer to our homes and be sure there is a shelter next to us and know where is the shelter. Sometimes they stop schools and we have to like stay home and just everything is stopped around us. So I think it's happened like every other year mm-hmm. until now. This may sound like a strange question because you're talking about going into a safe room and hearing bombs. But I have talked to many of my Israeli friends who tell me that like when that happens, they some of them don't feel scared. They just think it's like part of life. You just that we're going to go do this. The sirens are going to go off. We're going to be in here for a little bit and then we'll leave. They're not scared. Like if we heard sirens in America, we would freak out. I mean, it would be frightening. Were you were you scared when you first went in, and then as the years went on, did it become less scary? What what were you feeling when those sirens go off? Um, sometimes it's scary, but most of the time when I'm home, I'm it's ter- it's like really bad to say, but we kind of got used to it. Yeah, it's it's horrible to say, but like in Israel, it's it's a big thing, but it's not at the same time. So if you're a siren, you go to the shelter, you will be there 10 minutes. And sometimes just life just happens. Just life, life just continue. And it's, I'm sure here, if you're a siren, you will not know what to do, what's going on, what's, what happened. And in Israel, you just, okay, they sent rockets on our homes. We have good army. We have strong army. We will be safe. Let's go to the shelter, stay there. We will be safe. Nothing will happen. So I think this is the attitude that most of the Israeli lived with until last week. Right. In 2015, as part of a series of what I believe were called lone wolf operations by the Palestinians, where they encouraged terrorists to go shoot and stab and do whatever they can. In your hometown, there was a stabbing of, I think, six people. Um, And I think it was 2015, so maybe a year after that operation that you're talking about. Do you remember that happening? Because your city, largely, you're, you're north of Tel Aviv, right where where you are so you're not that you're not that close to gaza you're not that close to the west bank you're south of lebanon where hezbollah is but um do you remember that and was that a scary thing that it's it's in our hometown i remember that because i was at school at the same time and my best friend uncle was there like was like 10 15 meters next oh. thing so i remember she just her parents just called her and like told her what just happened and her uncle was fine but 
I it was a big thing for me because it was like the first time I really felt it like really really close to me. I remember the next week, I just she didn't come to school at all. She stayed with her family, and although her her uncle was fine, totally fine, but it was so scary. So she stayed the all week at at home, and I just I had tons of like conversation with my parents about what to do if something happened next to me, if I need to to do something about it and just run away or take the camera out or what should I do in this situation. So, yeah, it, I remember that. I just, it's something no children and no parents should ever have to have that conversation. Um, do you feel... Did you feel as this started happening, whether it was the bigger operation the year before or these kind of things, did you did you start to feel fear as as you walk around? Or I think one thing we we do tend to forget is is children are so resilient and they're like, well, this is just normal. Were you still able to go through through high school and 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 play your games and not? and not always be thinking about it? Could you just kind of get back to normal life after those conversations? I think the craziest thing about Israel is that we will feel safe in Israel more than anywhere else in the world. At least me, and I know it about like most of my friends. Here in America, I feel safe, but when I'm Israel, I feel safer mm -hmm. all the time. So in Israel, this is my place. I know everyone. I know how everything's supposed to look like. I know this is my people. I know everyone will be there for each other. So I will, I will feel as safe as I can, or I will, I will feel more safe in Israel than anywhere else in the world. Um, taking a step back, I have, um, grandparents on my dad's side, they, they've passed, but they were survivors of the Holocaust and, um, they're virtually their entire families were, were killed in the Holocaust. Do you have, um, relatives, uh, grandparents, great grandparents, um, uh, that were survivors or, or in the Holocaust? Um, I don't, I don't have uh, survivors in my family. Uh, my grandmother's um, uh, mother was the only one who survived the Holocaust and she came to Israel right before. So she didn't have anyone from her, her family, but unfortunately I didn't know her. But so, you're you're saying you have you had other family that was killed in the Holocaust? Yeah. Yeah. So she she was the only one who survived and came to Israel. One of um one of the conversations I remember the most with my dad when I was a kid, just to take a quick aside. When my mom on my mom's side, when it was I think her uncle passed away, or no, her when her dad passed away, my dad said to me this is the first person in my life that i knew that passed away and my dad was i don't know 50 at the time i said how is that possible and he said to me eric 
all of my family was killed in the Holocaust. I didn't have family that lived past that. So he didn't have cousins and uncles. And because that's the reality of what the Holocaust meant to Jewish families in the world, just lineages and generations of people that we never had, we never got to know. Um, so let's go from that and let's go to Saturday. Um, I'm sure it was a relatively normal Friday for you. Um, did you go to Shabbat at, at Hillel on Friday night? Yeah, I went to Shabbat at Chabad and I just came home and continued to study. So I studied, I had exam on Saturday morning, so just studied for the exam. So tell us, how did you find out what had happened? Okay, I think now I will go to Hebrew because... Great. Hard, yeah. Understood. Um, so on our Friday night, so it was there Saturday morning, right? She was on the phone with her mother. And while she was on the phone, sirens started all over Israel. So her family needed to go to the safe room. And then um, Yadin opened the, the news and started saying what's happening. Um, but עם הפצצות, אפשר להגיד שגרתי, כמה שאפשר להגיד את זה שגרתי. ואז פתאום התחלנו לשמוע שיש חדירה של מחבלים. Basically at the beginning it just looked like another operation, which is like funny to say that it's like a normal operation of like just rockets being flown from, from Gaza. Um, but then we started hearing about uh, terrorists like invading the territory of Israel. Um, at that moment, um, Yarden got really nervous because um, she knows a lot of people who are currently in the army and are her age uh, that are currently serving in the army and that are currently saving, serving, sorry, at the area of the Gaza Strip. Um, והתחילו לשמוע שחדרו לקיבוצים וליישובים ו- ואף אחד לא יודע מה קורה. Um, so what I forgot to mention before, it, it was a holiday, um, Simchat Torah, and um, so automatically um, Yarden wrote to all her closest friends um, to see what they're doing and luckily all of them answered that they're okay. Um, but then um, 
we started hearing that the that the terrorists started invading kibbutzim and 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 villages around the strip and you that say balagan מאוד מאוד גדול בארץ, אף אחד לא הבין מה קורה. היו מלא דיווחים ש... שנכנסים לקיבוצים, ש... שרוצחים אנשים, שהתחילו לחטוף אנשים, שעושים דברים מזעזעים והתחילו לעלות סרטונים של, של טרוריסטים בקיבוצים ישראלים. תרגישי חופשי להוסיף. Okay. She started hearing that basically the terrorists are invading the kibbutzim, the, the villages, and they start basically murdering and slaughtering um, people um, there. And then um, videos and photos started to show up on social media. And there was just one big balagan, as Yardan said, just one big chaos. I וגם אלה שהיו בארץ היו צמודים לחדשות ורצו לדעת מה קורה עם הקרובים שלהם והמון חברים שלי, בני משפחה שלהם וחברים שלהם והפסיקו לענות או שהתקשרו לצבא ולכוחות הביטחון שיבואו לעזור להם שיש ממש שיחות טלפון של חברות שאני מכירה ש... שניסו לדבר עם חברות ולראות מה קורה איתם והדבר היחיד שהם אמרו להם זה הורגים אותנו, אני אוהבת אתכם, נפרדו ו... ושמעו יריות וסגרו את הטלפון. She's been um, like in the news basically throughout the night and as she knows that a lot of Israelis abroad and Israelis in Israel were um, like stuck to the news all day just trying to hear anything and that a lot of friends and family that she knows had people and friends out there um, that they try to connect with. And there's so many conversations. Um, now there's these recordings online, but there were so many conversations of people um, out, of, out of the strip calling to their family and friends. And all you can hear on the other side is people asking, call the police, call the army, where are they? Um, They're not here. We've, we're being killed. Like, call somebody. For about two and a half days. Yeah. People were hiding in their safe rooms and in their, um, like, there's, I don't know the name of it in Hebrew, in English, but like under the house. Um, and people were hiding there for hours and up to two days, just waiting for somebody to come while they hear the terrorists outside, like shooting and screaming. <laughs> בעצמם לוקחים טלפונים מאנשים שהם רוצחים ועושים לייבים בפייסבוק או בכל מדיה אפשרית בערך ומראים איך הם רוצחים אנשים, איך הם שורפים אנשים חיים. אם אנשים לא פתחו את הבית, הם, הם שרפו את הבית פשוט של אנשים מתוכו. shown um, in the media that basically terrorists took hostages phones or people like 
that they invaded their house, they took their phones and basically live streamed on Facebook um, or just filmed and sent to the families like of the terrorists killing those innocent people um, in Israel. And if they couldn't, if the terrorists couldn't enter the safe room, then they just set the house on fire. In addition to all that, there was also the party in the South. Um, did you have lo- friends at did you know anybody that was at that party that was at that festival um I know like two people um but I have good really good friends here that that he here at IO and she had like maybe 10 people she grew up with and they all didn't came back so They all didn't come back. So I try to be with her as much as possible. And what did you, I know it's almost impossible to answer this, but when you started, the sirens are one thing because you've heard those before, but then it quickly turned into something else. What did it do to you? What were you feeling when you're this far away and just seeing social media reports, talking to your family, trying to get your friends, texting. What what was going on inside you? The first thing she wanted to do is to go back, to go on a, on a plane and go back home to Israel. Um, אין אפילו מילים איך לתאר את זה. אני לא בן אדם שבוכה הרבה, בטח לא ליד אנשים שהם לא המשפחה שלי או ממש אולי שלוש חברות הכי טובות שלי, ופשוט התפרקתי פה, ואני אחת שלא הייתי שם. לא, לא הייתי בקיבוצים האלה ולא הייתי בשום מקום שקרוב, וידעתי שהמשפחה שלי בטוחה. ופשוט התפרקתי פה, באמת, ש... נראה לי שבכיתי כמו שלא בכיתי בחיי, וכולי רעדתי כל הלילה. ירדן אומרת שהיא לא חושבת שהיא חושבת כמו שהיא חושבת. היא לא חושבת כמו שהיא חושבת. היא לא חושבת כמו שהיא חושבת. היא And the people around you, you said your friends around you were there to support you, right? Um, I'm living with another Israeli here okay. and the teammate. So we both felt the same thing. We both try to call everyone we know to make sure they are safe. Even though he's not from the area of the Strip of Gaza, like it's not that she ever lived there, but it didn't matter. Like, even though her family was safe, it was just so devastating to hear and see what's happening. So, I think that every time I talk about it, I see it a little bit. Every time she talks about it, she's still like, even now, she's... shaken shaken yeah um um she doesn't think that anybody can grasp or 
hold within this like this thing that happened like nobody can really capture it Yarden you um you said before you made mention of it that when you're in Israel you feel safe even with the rockets and the sirens and the safe rooms but you said before until Saturday until until that is that and and I'm I'm not getting into politics at all. I don't want to talk about the government and all that. That's not what I'm talking about. But just that feeling of Israel is your home. That's where you felt safe. And while rockets would come, you didn't have to worry about people busting into your house. Is that the scariest thing of this? That that you just feel unsettled now about your home. אני חושבת שיש לנו צבא חזק שאחרי המלחמה הזאת תיגמר ואנחנו ננצח בה. אני חושבת שכל מה שאנשים חשבו עד עכשיו או כל הצורת חיים או הדרך מחשבה תשתנה. אני עדיין חושבת שהמקום שאני מרגישה בו הכי בטוחה ימשיך להיות ישראל וזה לא ישנה את זה. And this war will end and the army will win. Uh, we will win. Um, obviously nothing will remain the same, right? After this war. Um, but Israel is still the safest place for for her. One more thing. הדבר הנורא שקרה, כל העם ממש התגייס לעזור אחד לשני, זה לשלוח אוכל ו... וציוד ולארח משפחות מהדרום וכל דבר שבאמת צריך העם שלנו באמת שם. Um, a proud nation that you see how they help and like the families from the south who doesn't have a house now that like there's so many people just volunteering to give them home and in general right like the mental support and the physical support and I'll add the financial support Jordan you you had said right before we started recording um when we thank you for for doing this that you you felt it was important. And I just wanted to give you the opportunity as as to to why is it important for for people here in the United States, Gentiles like myself, why is it important that we know what's going on there? I think that what's happening now is not a political issue, and it's not a issue of a conflict between countries. It's a issue of human להיות אנושי ולראות מה קורה שם באמת ו- וכולם צריכים לדעת באמת באמת מה קורה בישראל ולא לשמוע את זה דרך ארגוני טרור כאלה ואחרים או, או להצדיק אותם מבלי להבין מה קורה ואני חושבת שהאירוע הזה שונה. one conflict or another it's about people and it's very important for 
um, especially like the Americans to hear that it's about the people, it's not, and 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 they need to hear the truth uh, from from the people and not from different terror groups that shift the truth. Yarden, how do you go from the news that you get on Saturday and Sunday and constantly texting your friends? Because it's not like you text them one time, they get back to you and that's it. This is every day, your friends that are in the army, they're in it. How do you go from that to going to class and taking tests and going to practice? And how are you able to just get through the day? Um. זה היה קשה מאוד מאוד, זה עדיין קשה להמשיך פה בחיים כאילו כל רגיל ולא קרה כלום ולהמשיך בלימודים ולהגיע לאימון ולהתאמן כי זה מה שצריך לעשות אבל קיבלתי המון המון תמיכה גם מהמאמנים גם, גם מהשחקניות גם האנשים מסביב, מחברים פה באוניברסיטה שעברו בדיוק מה שאני עברתי, גם הרבה מרצים באוניברסיטה מאוד ניסו להיות שם בשבילי ולעזור והבינו את המצב. and normal life uh but uh Yelden got a lot of support whether it's from her teammates or from her friends who understand exactly what she's going through or for friends who doesn't understand what she's going through and still give a lot of support the staff of the university was really really great supporting same goes for the professors um and the coaches the coaches yeah One of the things we know about Terry Morin and your team is in that program is it is a family. Um, how great has Terry been, Coach Morin, I should say, and um and 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 just that having that support system where you know you've got this, it's not the same as your family in Israel, but it's your who's your family. how How important has that been for you to be able to lean on them? Um, on Saturday morning, I had my exam. So I just, it was like really early in the morning. Uh, I know my coaches knew about everything happened. So they all just try to like text me and reach out to me and my teammates too. I I kind of didn't answer and responded to anyone at that point. I was focused about talking to my family, my friends. Everyone called back to the army. So I wanted to make sure everyone is safe and 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 I wanted just to talk with them and keep up with the news. So I didn't respond to anyone before the exam. Uh, I went to the exam. I did it. I never did exam so fast. I just wanted to go back to my phone. Um. So after the exam, Coach Morin called me. And she she is there for me. I know for everything, but this was a big moment that I totally broke down and broke apart. So 
it was a lot to me to understand she had my back. She has my back and she's there for me. And she totally understood that I I can't really answer and respond to everyone. And she took care of like, make sure no one is like get hurt for me, not responding them. And until now, like all the time, my coaches, my teammates, like texting me every other hour, like, are you fine? Are you good? What's going on with you? Is your family safe? The amount of time my coaches and my teammates asked me if my family is safe, I I can't even count them. Like, it, it's it's so helpful when they dare for me. They they asked me what I, I want to do from now on, and they will totally understand. Like, whatever I want to do, whatever I need, they dare for me. Um. They asked me like Israeli shirts to just show support. My coach came with Israel shirt to one of the practices. Coach Red came with one. So it just, you know, from like watching the news and talking with friends who are there in dangerous situations. And like, it just like put a smile on my face, even if for like a second to understand they. I'm in a good place. They 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 are there for me and they will stay there for me in these difficult times. Well, Yarden, I wanna I wanna just say one thing before we, we wrap up. Thank you for giving us this time. But I, I do wanna just say uh, a thank you to Ronnie who who helped us here. And I also do wanna say, you know, Ronnie's Israeli as well. And Ronnie was touched by this in a very direct way. Ronnie, you had a, a couple friends at the music festival. Yeah, yes, um, yeah. One um, didn't come back, um, and there are a couple friends who's not. They're not from. They're from my neighborhood. I grew up in Natania, um, and they are now considered uh, missing from one of the villages. Mm. So we're waiting to hear about Niven um, so, yeah. Well, we will send prayers and thoughts, of course. Yarden, our heart breaks for your fellow countrymen. And um, there just aren't words to, to say um, to make any of this better. But you've got your Hoosier teammates and coaches there to support you. And you've got a whole hell of a lot of people from coast to coast and across the globe that are supporting you and caring about you and your family and your friends and want this to end and end as quickly as possible and want shalom, peace for Israel and for the for all innocent people. I, we just, you can't live like this. And our heart breaks for you. And I can't thank you enough for for coming on here. Is there anything, uh, any last message you want to just send to Hoosier Nation who's listening to this? Um, stand with the good. It's a good against the evil. So stand with the good. We do humanity. And 
hopefully it will this is the last time it's going to happen in the world and everyone will understand that we need to stand with the good Yarden, thank you so much we will um God willing, see you in Bloomington soon. We're going to come to some games, um, and we're going to see you in Stanford. You guys come and play Stanford. Ward and I will be bringing our families there, and I'm going to try to break out my Israeli gear as well when we come to that game. Uh, thank you so much, Yarden. Ronnie, thank you so much. Ward, you want to say anything to take us out here? Thank you. Thank you for inviting me, and thank you, Ronnie. I know how hard it is to to hear and say and thank you for sharing and and opening the world of other people who wouldn't necessarily know about what's happening so and we'll continue to say prayers for both of your families and friends and friends of friends that that they do come back from the end of this and especially your your family and friends uh yarden that are in the military that are that are standing with good and fighting for good right now. And we know they will prevail and let's get them home safe. Amen. 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 I don't, I don't, I got nothing smart to say. Um, stand with good. Yeah, man. I got to tell you though, the part that I'm going to try to focus on is her saying that, her teammates, her coaches, the people at Indiana, the support that she gets. Coach Rhett coming in wearing an Israeli shirt for practice and that that put a smile on her face for even a second in the midst of what this is. God bless her. God bless Israel. God bless the coaches and her teammates. And God bless everybody that is standing with good. Yeah, I mean, there's never been a more important time to stand behind an Indiana Hoosier. And uh, so, yeah, whatever whatever you can do, whatever prayers, um, you know, you see her walk in a class, uh, leaving a practice, um, you know, clearly it matters a lot. Tell her shalom. Her. If you see her, say shalom to Yarden. Shalom in, in Hebrew means hello, it means goodbye, and it means peace. That's what the word shalom means. Um, yeah, I got I got nothing else. Shalom. Shalom, Lord. <laughs>